guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We've got a really awesome episode for you guys today. We have a slightly modified crew with us today. We've got Devin and Heather, no Justin, and of course me, Sterling. But we are joined by a very awesome and special guest that ties back into a lot of previous episodes we have done before with the Rebel Without a Crew TV series. We have Avery Merrifield. Yeah, what's going on? So as a little recap, when it when it comes to Avery, he was in both Phaedra and The Good Exorcist. So we get to time into two of the Rebels, you know, movies that we've talked uh, about before with the directors and everything. But Avery, we are going to start this off first and foremost with the game that we do play. It mm. is loosely based off the questions that Rick asks people in The Walking Dead. And we are going to start it off with what are your top three TV shows? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, but uh, I'll say Game of Thrones for sure. I just started uh, uh, the third season of True Detective, and that's pretty amazing. Um, I don't know. The Simpsons. I'll say The Simpsons. The old All school. Right. I, used to, I used to watch it a lot. We will take that. Yeah. What about, I mean, it's, is this just like a stream of questions or like do i get to ask them back or well we 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 have answered these on previous we've done we've done this game with ourselves i mean uh (laughs) okay got it i mean game of thrones game of thrones is definitely up there though i mean it's oh dude yeah it's a wonderfully fantastic show it's got its final season coming up yeah i'm actually i'm uh re-watching it right now um i'm on i'm on season four episode five i think uh, but it's kind of funny because like the first time around, like I didn't watch it until like it was like season, I don't know, like five or something. And so I just binged it until five. And then, you know, I've been watching it since. But like because I did that, I think. Um, and also my brain's just kind of spacey. I, I I could never like keep up with the names of all the characters. Like I just <laughs> people would just be like, oh, Targaryen. Blah, 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 blah. And I just I don't, I'd lose them like so quick. And now I'm like bringing it up. <laughs> what do you think about, you know, I don't know. Whoever. Yeah, there's a but, lot of characters, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, yeah not, but, I'm not even a big like conspiracy theory person or doing all that stuff. But that show brings it out of you, though. <laughs> I know. Right? I started watching. I started watching videos. I started watching like fan theories and like the, you know, the stuff. um uh uh before game of thrones the the, the prequel stuff or whatever like yeah. the, you know what the story with the mad king and yada yada um yeah yes. um, I'm, I'm i'm way too into it i think there's there's a really good youtube series out there uh by a guy called alt shift x hmm. and uh for the last couple of seasons he does episode breakdowns but he also does a lot of um like history and stuff like that like, you know, if you want to, like, get into, like, fan theories just about Varys, he'll, he has an episode about that. And he also talks about the differences between the books and the, the TV shows with it and what the theories could be for either one or how they could be maybe combined into one thing, stuff like that. The guy's just super awesome. And he has this incredibly monotone voice. <laughs> it just works spectacularly when he does that. Like a historian talking? <laughs> yes, but then at the same time, he'll still say fucking. And <laughs> it's just incredibly monotoned when he does it. Oh, and it's it's incredibly, like, super wonderful. Oh, that's great. What's his name? It's uh, Alt-Shift-X. Alt-Shift-X. I will check him out for sure. Yeah, I think there is actually a, technically a plus sign between Alt-Shift and X. Like, 
alt plus shift plus X. Uh, like yeah. it, like it would be on a computer keyboard, essentially. Oh, okay. Essentially, like you know that type of computer command type of situation. But he does just phenomenal uh, Game of Thrones videos. He also does a does uh, he expanded into Westworld too. He does you know he's kind of done a few different things, but he ended up becoming a professional YouTuber just because of his uh, Game of Thrones breakdowns. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, does he he talks a lot? You said about history, like he goes like, into the history of Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like different things. The, his, oh, the no, history no. that Game of Thrones is like tied to. Um, I think that would be cool too. I mean, because it's supposed to be what based on the War of the Roses between England and yes. France. Yeah. So yeah. I've been looking a lot of that stuff up too. <laughs> that's really interesting. See, yeah, cool. and that's and and that's a testament to the type of show that Game of Thrones is because mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't think of a show that's literally captured the zeitgeist quite as hard as Game of Thrones has. No, it, I mean, it, it really. Ha- I mean, I I. Don't know of any either. And it's cool, too, because, I mean, if it's done anything, you know, for the general populace like it does for me, it's legitimately sparked an interest in history. I like history. The the older I get, the more I'm into it, you know. But it's like it takes you in this, like, sect of time where, like, you just wouldn't have given a second thought. You know, either there's there's details about the time period that you would have never even you couldn't consider without having, you know, a base understanding of, like, what was going on, like how, you know, clothes were made and how food was acquired, like the, the little things that, that built up their everyday lives. And that's kind of what that's done for me, honestly. Yeah, it's and it's it's also one of those things that like it's it's weird that that show is what's ended up like connecting all these people, because it's also one of those shows that's it's fantasy. It's a fantasy show. It is. And right. That's not typically a genre that gets as big as this is getting. I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings was big, but right. even then it might've been big, but you were still considered nerdy when you watched it. Yeah. This, yeah, that's not the case with game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think some Westerns have kind of done that. They, they did it back in the day, you know, when Westerns were like real popular, I feel like people were, were kind of into it, but as of lately, I, I couldn't, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, but like back in the day with Westerns, they just ha- didn't have anything else to watch. That's true. That's true. And it was a lot closer to that time period. <laughs> true. I don't know. True. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just like, no, no. I mean, you're, you are right, though. I mean, that the 1950s were closer to the wild, wild west days than we are to theoretically the Middle Ages. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, man, I would love that if more shows did that. Like if they tied like legit themes uh, of history um and i mean i guess all storytelling kind of does in a way but like the way he does it um the way the show does it it, it's cool it's funny because like now that i've looked up stuff on the war of the roses and like you know medieval times i can kind of see like when when some things happen i'm like oh that was he got that from that and of course like you said it's a fantasy so he like makes up you know a lot of it but it's cool it like it's it it's it's funny too because I feel like the second time around I paid a lot more attention. I know the White Walkers are like a big theme in the thing, but um, the second time around it was I you know I'd seen it before, and so when I saw it I was like, oh, this is like I I don't know. It's st- it didn't take me out of it still though. I don't know it's impressive to me. Yeah, I can like, see that. You, know, you, you just catch yeah, more yeah. things the second time around. Yeah. 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 No, I was uh I was uh listening to the books like an audio tape of the books because fuck reading those things mm. um i've got i've got issues with george R. R. martin as a as a writer um, really yeah i i think he's a terrible writer uh i think he's an amazing <laughs> storyteller but ah. his like writing is garbage like interesting i mean 
maybe it's just me, but like every time that Tyrion like is you know in the scene in the books, they always have to mention that he's a, like a dwarf. I'm like, no, we get it. It's book five. Like, there's been like nine thousand pages of this book. We know he's short. We get it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He always, he always describes his walking as a waddle. I'm like, dude, get a fucking thesaurus. <laughs> uh, I see what you mean. And yeah, I was gonna that's say. Why, uh, yeah, I couldn't uh, read it. I could. Yeah. I could listen to somebody else read it to me. Like you know, like I'm a like a four year old in kindergarten. <laughs> but I, I couldn't handle reading them it myself because like I'd get like four pages in and I'm like, no, I feel like I've read the same words ninety thousand times. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it's it's one of those things though that uh, I thought I noticed something. Like I thought w- the way they described one of the characters, I was like, wait a second. I think that that's an inconsistency. And then I started doing research and I was like, damn it, I'm wrong. But I'm like, <laughs> what else has made me do that? Like where I started developing my own like fan theories about the future of the books based on like one word I heard. Hmm. So I started like researching it to like make sure I was like on the right track. And I was like, no, I got it wrong. Damn. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I was going to say Harry Potter, maybe, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I I haven't read the Harry Potter books in forever. I mean, I watch the movies a lot. I have two Harry Potter tattoos, but. Oh, do you? uh, Yeah, I've got a I've got a Patronus on one forearm and I've got the dark mark on the other forearm. Is the dark mark the Z looking thing? Uh, It's the it's the snake, the skull and snake. Oh, okay. I did. It's it's the symbol for Voldemort. (laughs) Like all the the Death Eaters have them. Mm. And what's the other one? It's a Patronus. It's the. It's the spell they use to uh, get rid of Dementors. And uh, when they cast it, if they do a true Patronus, it actually takes the shape of an animal. Oh. So I've, I've got one of those on one arm. What would your animal be? Uh, my animal is a rabbit. And that's because there's a test on the website Pottermore. The one when you take <laughs> okay. the test. It's, it's the official test for Harry Potter. And when I took mm. that test, I, I got a uh, some type of rabbit. I don't remember specifically which one it was. I think it was a brown hair. Either way, it was a rabbit. So I, I got that tattooed on me. Cool. Well, you you probably hate me, but I, I really, I don't think I've ever watched. I think I've watched the first two, and I think I've seen them once. I took that same test, and it, and it said I had a watermelon. So fuck that. Play with a fucking Racist ass test. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Racist ass test. They had one question. Yeah, I just, it, everybody said they had 10 questions. It was like, they had two questions, actually. It was like, are you male or female? I was like, what's your rate of ethnicity? And I put African-American. It was like, you're patrolling. This is a watermelon. <laughs> just stopped. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> that didn't happen. That's a lie. Oh, but, my goodness. This story. I was like, that's a, that's a glitch they could probably work on. To, to, go back, to go back to what you were saying, though, Avery, you are yeah. right, though, with Harry Potter. That does get a lot of the conspiracy things because I am oh, on like oh, this, yeah. the Harry Potter subreddit <laughs> and they are all over that shit all the time. Yeah, I can They're imagine. Like, hey, I just read I just read the fifth book for the 9000th time and I noticed this one <laughs> paragraph. What do you guys think? <laughs> That's pretty cool. I want to know. I want I want someone to come out with a YouTube channel or a website that ties in like that keeps track of the people that have told the conspiracy theorists and have been like open about them and have some eyes on them or not, uh, ha- or, you know, like nobody's heard them, but the people that have been right about them, like, I want, yeah, I want to know, be interesting. like, yeah, to yeah, pay like attention keeping, to like, yeah. Like, like keeping what, track who, of like what's right what? and what's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like who, who's, no, that's, who's getting it? Yeah. No, like I mentioned this, I mentioned this, we did a, we did a podcast about Avengers infinity war and, <laughs> uh, 
not to be too spoilerific because I don't know if you've watched this movie. I mean, we technically <laughs> already talked about this in the podcast, but um, there was a contest they did essentially to predict character deaths. And there were like thousands and thousands of entries and one guy nailed every single one of them. Oh, shit. Like one person who, who, out of thousands. Who was it? Did he get a hold of the script or something? No, I don't know. It was just somebody in Australia. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it <laughs> could be one of those cases. I never heard anything like that. But it was just, yeah, one person ended up guessing every single one of them. But wow. I mean, it's, he- <laughs> yeah, it's, and I, and I don't remember the specifics on it anymore because it was something I had heard literally like the day of or the day before we recorded it. So it was just like super fresh in my mind on that one. Uh, and then now like months and months removed, it's a little fuzzy. I just remember that specifically, but like, yeah. it just kind of made me think of what you were talking about, like keeping track of all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting if somebody... Because, I mean, dude, the conspiracy theories, like, will go as deep as people want them to go. And if somebody can nail it, like, especially with, like, some a huge show like that, like Game of Thrones or, or uh, you know, a franchise like Harry Potter, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. The, I mean, the only problem with it with Harry Potter, though, is is that, like, J.K. Rowling is notorious for retconning shit on Twitter all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. She's, like, she'll constantly be, like, dropping things. I mean, the whole thing with uh, Dumbledore being gay isn't explicitly said in the books at all it's something she said like three years after the last book and it's, <laughs> it's, it's considered it to, canon yeah I she, does, she that. does it to mess with people see oh i don't know but like she's notorious for that like if somebody ends up getting like some head canon or something like that and they tweet at her like every once in a while she'll be like actually no it's this and then she'll like retcon everything based on like Damn. what people say to her every once in a while and you're like come on let's just stop it let's let the seven or eight books, depending on if you count Cursed Child or not. Let's just let them all be what they are. Like, let's <laughs> stop this. Because, I mean, she recently came out with the the weird retconning fact of, like, before the wizards started using human plumbing, plumbing, I think in, like, the 1940s or something like that, they used to just shit themselves and use, like, a disappearing spell on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I that's something she literally... That yeah, that's something she literally came up with, like, in the past month or so. <laughs> And that's that's considered Harry Potter canon. She's got to be fucking with people. She's got to. At this point, maybe. It's either that or she's just lost <laughs> her damn mind. <laughs> oh, that's great. George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, because. What, what, I heard that he was like, he got real sad, didn't he? Or something like about how the thing was going to end. It wasn't ending the way he wanted it. I, something like that. No? Am I just uh, spouting off well, bullshit? I, no, heard? He, I, I know originally the showrunners of the show. He told them how he's going to end the books because there was the off chance that he could die before finishing the books and they would need to know how to end it. Uh, But as time kept going, they ended up lapping him. They're way past where he is in the books. Right. And my understanding is, is they are doing a different ending than the books because they don't necessarily want to give, give away that ending. Yeah. You know, because right now they don't have to, they can just do their own ending you know, based on how they've taken some of the, the different storylines differently in the show. Yeah. Um, and if he was, if he wasn't happy with the way it's going at this point, motherfucker, then finish some books. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take him to write those? Well, he, fir- he started, I want to say in the nineties is when the first one came out, something like that. Wow. And it just, Jeez. nobody cared though. Cause it was just like right. every other like fantasy book ever other than yeah. Harry Potter. It, you know, he could write them every four or five years. Nobody gave a fuck back then. Yeah. Then he got four well, books in and then it became a TV show. And then he's released one book since the TV show started. Mm. And that's it. Is, uh, like, come on, dude. You've got two crazy. left. Just knock them out. 
that's wild. It makes me think like how many other gyms are just waiting for like massive TV series to be made to like spark up people's, you know, imaginations and interests like that show is done. Just hit away. I want to say there's this massive series called like the wheel of time or something like that. Hmm. And it's, it's like 20 something book. It's, it's ridiculous from what I've heard. And it's, it's, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like high concept science fiction, fantasy type shit. And apparently I want to say Amazon is actually adapting that. And it's, it's supposed to be almost unadaptable with Mm. how like crazy and complex that it is that like, and especially for how long it is now at this point, because I think it's on it like a third writer now is like Mm. continuing the storyline and stuff. He's a filmmaker, man. I think. Yeah, but to go like 20 books, and I want to say like each book is like 600 pages. Like it's, yeah, it's this massive endeavor. I think I, us talking about this gets me thinking about, uh, I've seen a couple World War One documentaries um, or series, I guess. I don't know how you define them, but they're really good. I, and one of them, I want to say they went like a day by day account of it. Maybe it was like a week by week account. That would make more sense. But um that's cool. I feel like they should do that. They should do that more often. They should do that for like different times in history. That'd be badass, man. Well, I mean, that's something that TV does open up more now, especially yeah. the fact that you do have more high quality actors on TV than ever before. And you have so many platforms competing at this point. Yeah. That someone could, sh- could do something. Yeah. You know, I mean, fuck, I saw the Discovery Channel has its own streaming platform now to just show the shit that the Discovery Channel used to show. Oh, really? Not, like, so no, now, more porn, now you, no more no more Pawn Stars? Yeah. Like, you know, now to watch what the Discovery Channel used to be, you can pay $8 a month instead of, I don't know, watching the fucking Discovery Channel. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. They need um, to have like a, they need to have like a, uh, 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 a soap opera that does that. That just like every day, it's like an, it's a, it just starts chronicling history. Like they could every do that. day. They could. I mean, I don't know how great it'd be. Soap operas are pretty, they appeal to people. <laughs> Devin, Devin, Devin likes them. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we will let's uh we can move on to the next question now. Um so following the similar theme of question 1, what are your top 3 movies? Oh man. I don't really watch much movies. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> Um you know, I say there will be blood is like my go-to when people ask kind of nice. what Hey yo, man! The movie is just next level. I mean, all around. Uh, it's it's become a thing, though. You know, it's when you get used to saying an answer, it's it's hard to like compare. You know, what the culmination of something you've made in your mind with like new information that you're taking in sometimes. So, but also it's like it's 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 hard to categorize them as well because one director can be vastly different than another. One genre is vastly different than another. It's just, it's a different ball game. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as, I don't know, heavy drama or whatever, like standard, like go to favorite movies, there will be blood. Um, Daniel day. I remember that. I think that movie is kind of what, what made me want to be an actor. I remember just being like, I want to fucking do that. And not there, That's awesome. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, taking a step or two, but, um, that, let's see. I think, uh, I don't, I don't, I've never, I've never said it's my favorite movie, but I, I reference forgetting Sarah Marshall a lot, like a whole lot. <laughs> I, and movie's hilarious, man. It's so good. Um, but it's just, I feel like it's too new. I don't know, or something to be, but I guess so is There Will Be Blood. It's an underrated comedy. 
it really oh, is underrated to me. I think I think yeah. during that time that group of guys was putting yep. out a lot of movies, so people always go like forty year old yeah. version or um what's another really like lean on is like one of the yeah. funniest movies ever. But man, getting Sarah Marshall is is just great. And they and this is the only movie they did a spinoff, which is Get Him to the Greek, which is fucking I never saw it. Hilarious. Get him to the Greek is so Oh my goodness, really? you have to see it. It's all about Aldis Snow. It's all about Aldis Snow. And it's it's kind of a parody on the rock star life of doing drugs and having massive amounts <laughs> of sex and being a huge tool and being completely tone yeah. deaf to society and like how an artist just goes fucking off the rails. And it's great. You, you've got to see it. Get him to the group. Yeah, check it out. You got to see it. You'll love it. It's like it's a few days in the life of Russell Brand is what the movie is. <laughs> He's brilliant, man. He is brilliant. Okay. Uh, but he, uh, he, go ahead. He very much was one of those actors that was like of that time, though. Like, I know he's still around, but it was really funny that like after uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, it was just like put Russell Brand in everything. Yeah. Yep. And then they realized that wouldn't work doing that, which is, it's not Russell Brand's fault per se. It's it's just kind of what the industry does every once in a while. You know, sure. kind of like what they've done with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Christopher Pratt. Yeah. And stuff like that. Man, he said his whole cube. name. I don't think I've yes. ever heard anyone say his whole name like that. <laughs> he some, said it like you respect. were like his parent. <laughs> Christopher Pratt. Well, well, I, I kind of feel like I need to be because he needs a talking to. <laughs> Why? He just, he just needs to say no to a script at some point. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> He hasn't done that many movies. I mean, Jurassic World and Marvel movies have been pretty much it. Yeah, but then he did Passengers and The Magnificent Seven. and um, Yeah, but The Magnificent Seven wasn't that awful. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't that bad. But Passengers, Passengers, I get you. I'm with you on that. I'm not saying Magnificent Seven was not magnificent. It was like the... the, the I mean, I seven. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, I know I'm saying all that, and... Cause I've never been in the position he's been in, you right. know, like I've, yeah. I've never been like the unemployed actor, just like looking for a job. And now everyone's throwing scripts at you and right. gigantic ass paychecks. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I'd probably do the same thing. I mean, he's not Liam Neeson bad right now. Like <laughs> Liam right. Neeson just needs to take a year off. He <laughs> needs to mourn his wife's death. It's I'm sorry, but as soon as she died, it's like he just flooded himself with work. He's like, what is the script? Maybe okay, it's therapeutic it. for him. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah. but I think, um, I mean, yeah, it is not therapeutic for me. <laughs> he's, it is not. The only reason why I, I agree with Devin is because every movie he's doing right now is just him killing 90 million motherfuckers. Yeah. But the, I, I will say, I will say that. This is Kinsey. This is Schindler yeah. we're talking about, dog. And and now he's just some old killer guy. And, and you know, I want to see Liam Neeson go back to being fucking Liam Neeson, man. He used to just be so regal and, and not like this terrifying old man. You know, he's like he's two movies away from being the real and losing his fight from being that dude from Don't Breathe. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's just like, shit, man. I, I will say this, though. I'm looking forward to his, the one he's got coming out where he's an old man killing people, where he's the this, the plow truck driver. I don't know why, but adding the twist of him being a plow truck driver is incredibly amazing. <laughs> oh, nice. It's, yeah, I was going to say. Because I think I, it's uh, like uh, more uh, of a crime drama. Is it? Yeah, because his, his son dies from drugs or something like that or being, you know, in a drug crew or I don't know, something with drugs. 
And he's just like, I'm going to snow plow my way to vengeance. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's dope. What were you going to say? I, 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 well, I was going to say like earlier, you were saying like Chris Pratt, you know, his position where it's like everybody wants some of you and whatever um, before you're, you know, looking for work and now you're real popular. Um, yeah. I mean, I could, I could totally see where, where Liam's, you know, how he's making those decisions. I mean, when you make a movie, man, it's like you're, it's, it's, you're so engulfed. You're so engulfed in it. And it's, and it's, it's addicting. It is fucking addicting. It's addicting. And it's like hypnotizing. And it's like, you, you stop making the movie and you don't, it, it feels weird, like to not be doing it anymore. I could see like a culmination of like, you know, him being extremely popular where like, you know, when you're an actor, you're trying to establish yourself. You're trying, whenever you're starting out, you're trying to establish yourself. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to make your na- yourself, you know, uh, a name that people know, you know, for your work. And once you do that, it's like, well, then what? Then, then is it, is it, are you keeping up with the identity? Like, I think the why changes, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people continue their careers in a way that suits the experiences rather than what it will do for them for their career specifically. Mm-hmm. And I could see like, if you had a tragedy, you know, something, a real tragedy like that happen, just engulfing yourself and movies are crazy, man. As an actor, movies are nuts. It's they're, they're, they're nuts. you you get treated a certain way. You like, you know, and you, your, your emotional input can be your emotional output can be like phenomenal work if you if you can make it uh it's just it's 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 a trip so i don't know mm-hmm. i can see i could see why he's doing it and same with same with pratty pratt I've, I, yeah i've never been well i've been in a few movies but nothing for you know real like small indie indie projects but i have done a few stage plays and even with the stage play when you're when you are your character the goal is to become that person you know um, and so you really do almost develop like DID, like there's a clear differentiation between who you are and what you are versus, um, your character. And you can literally like, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not Devin yeah. anymore. You know, I'm James or I'm, I'm you get I'm, to do you that. Know, I mean, there's, a, there's not many times you know, in life or, when you get to do yeah, that. You just get you the, know? And it, it is completely normal. If you say, I just want to walk around like this, I'm just going to do this because it's just easier for me to be this, you know, person while I'm even rehearsing or th- for the entire day, then, you know, people just got to go, all right, I guess that's what you're doing then. So I understand how you can lose yourself. And that's why I feel that, you know, he's taking all these roles of where he's able to avenge the death of a family member. He's a, or the trouble of a family member. He's, or he's able to exact some type of control over his life, over something tragic that could happen to someone. And I think it kind of speaks volumes to his emotional state because he really hasn't really taken a break since. I mean, he's just been like constantly busy. And before that happened, um, he wasn't super busy. Like he, he put out one or two movies a year and then that would be about it. But I mean, damn and shit. 2013 year Liam uh, four projects 2014 he was in one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten projects and most of them were fe- feature leaf films in one year 
in it's a trip. year. It's a, that's a lot. Crazy. <clears throat> that's that's yeah, crazy. And, he, and some of them were TV. I mean, right. it was just it's just working. crazy, man. That's dope. I respect that honestly a lot because uh, it's it is draining. I mean, it's it's very draining. But I mean, yeah. But you know, all this like like doing the actual work itself is amazing and it's like and it and and you do get to you know kind of go in the mind of somebody else and you get to but not to mention like the whole the whole production side of things the whole the grandeur of everything it's 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 cool it's just cool to be to be there and to like be a part of it at all in the first place and so it's like a whole different level of like hypnotization of the process you know um like you know in in rebel without a crew um on josh's on josh's film you know it was like 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 i didn't i had like a week like you know i i think we started shooting like five days four or five days after after the casting so it wasn't you know i I didn't get to study like super in depth the character or anything but just like doing it just being there and just like being i don't know it's like i said it's 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 addicting it's addicting you'll hear a lot of people too you'll hear actors talk about like like getting depressed after after a project is done because you're not doing the thing anymore because it's so it's surreal almost it it, it really feels that way on his level who knows man i don't know what you know his experiences or chris pratt's experiences I and mean, i mean i think you know they're 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 uh their own i don't know their their own personas like will you know define kind of how they see it and how they're taking in the experience and whatever but I think it sounds like to me like 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 he's just like focusing on something, you know. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah, and the, and the funny thing is is then you have like somebody like Samuel Jackson who's been in 174 <laughs> movies. He's got 10 more in the works right now. And nobody ever says these things about him. Cuz you're Not just like mention, man, that motherfucker's yeah. working. He's 70 years old. What is that? That's crazy. Killing it. I'm like, how are you 70 years old and you still look and act like you're like 45? You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he's doing action movies too. Yeah. That's crazy. Action movies. He's got another shaft coming out. He's got another shaft coming out this year. (laughs) And he's probably going to be. Yeah. I'm 50 years old. You know, too old for action movies. Liam Neeson's just like. <laughs> but yeah, Samuel Jackson's got another Shaft movie coming out this year. And in it, I guarantee he's going to end up fucking somebody that's probably in their 20s. And I'm going to watch that scene in that movie and go, nah, he's got it. He can do that. <laughs> I believe every bit of this. Listen, black don't crack. Rich black is immortal. <laughs> just saying. All right, say all of that again. Your audio fucked up that entire thing. Oh, Oh, sorry. So, so we all know black don't crack, but rich black is damn near. (laughs) Uh, When you got when you got that much, damn. Like Sam Jackson looks the same as he did in Shaft. Hey, that shit was hell. Yeah, yeah. he does. He wasn't no spring chicken. How old was he when he he when he took off? How old was he when he took off? He was. He was he was he was in them deep thirties. You know, he was in the deep thirties because he he was deep in the thirties, boy. And so, you know, because I remember the first time I saw him was coming to America when he robbed uh, McDowell's and got Debo by Eddie Murphy. Uh, That's the first time I've ever seen him. So he was he was he was unknown coming to America was my 
phenomenon. So that'll that'll tell you how old he is. He was he was forty when Coming to America came out. Oh okay. Damn. okay. Oh wow. I was I was wow. I was wrong with that. But yeah. He was, he he was, was born in nineteen forty eight. He was born in nineteen forty eight. Coming to America was nineteen eighty eight. Damn, so he was 39 or 40. Yeah. I mean, he, but he's right up there with 39. It, it, that's kind of the same story as like Alan Rickman. Yeah. Alan Rickman, I think, was like and 38 Morgan. when he played Hans Gruber. Hmm. Oh, such a good you role, know? too. It's for whatever. And Morgan Freeman was old when he hit big, too. Not not old, but older when he hit yeah. big. It also looks the same. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, I, I, I don't think they actually de age Samuel L. Jackson in the upcoming uh, Captain Marvel movie. Even though it's supposed to take place in the 90s, I don't think they de-age him. I just think they put a wig on him and that's it. Because he pretty much looks the same as he did in the yeah, 90s. sounds except right. Except with less hair. Yeah. That's the only difference. So I think they just put a wig on him. But but Avery, we do need your third movie, though. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> See, I, I'm on top of this. I'm not going to let gotta, you get out of the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are. Um, I, which I appreciate. Uh, I, I, I kind of went on a tangent with the whole forgetting Sarah Marshall thing. I don't want y'all to just sit here and think that you know, that's necessarily it. I love that movie, but uh, uh, go-tos, though. I think romantic comedy is one of my favorites. Um, oh, God damn it, I thought about Amelie, but Amelie is really good. Uh, 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 Silver Linings Handbook. Love Amelie. What's up? Yeah, the Silver Linings Playbook. Playbook, yes. Jesus Christ, got the name wrong. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good uh, movie, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, um, I think and then uh, Back to the Future, I think. That was old school, like, nice, obsessed nice. with that movie. Yeah. No, but, but back to Silver Linings, though. I mean, that was that was the first time I remember seeing Bradley Cooper and taking him seriously. Oh, really? Well, I don't, because before that, the only movie I really remember him before that, honestly, was, uh oh, uh, Wedding Crashers. That's right. And, yeah. and the Hangover movies. Yeah. I don't remember him in anything else like before that, that like had weight to it. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong. This is, but I mean, that's the one I remember seeing. And then I was like, Oh no, this guy's legit good. Yeah. And then now, yeah, he's knocking out of the water and like saying that's like, we'll saying no shit. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first like one you'd saw that. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't remember what, you know, the first one that I saw that, he was, but yeah, he's phenomenal, man. He's meet the fucking parents. Meet the parents. No, it wasn't me. Wedding crap. Wedding crashes when I start taking it serious. Wedding crashes. Not be the parents. Wedding crashers. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take him serious. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just being <laughs> shit. I just have to bring up. I mean, I took him serious in the fact that I thought he could beat me up. <laughs> oh, he can't. He, he was, he was tough. I think the first um, thing I remember him in was he's just not that into you. I think that might be the first thing I remember seeing him in. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's way. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, hey, as far as rom-coms go, it's 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 good. I like it. Um, yeah. But I'm a girl. Yeah. So, you know, hey, hey, we don't we don't we don't oh, give into no it. gender stereotypes here. Don't take those shitty tastes in movies and put it on the entire female gender. That's not how <laughs> shit works over here. Okay? And especially after I said it was good. Like, what kind of shit is that? Heather? No, what I'm kind just of shit saying, is that? I'm just saying that it's expected. It's expected for me to like it because it's a rom-com. That's all I'm saying. Well, or you could just say you were the target demographic. There you go. See, you're more <laughs> eloquent in how you say it than I am. So not expected to like it. You were just expected to watch it according to some Hollywood exec. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's 2018, Heather. Well, it's not, but close. 
it's around that time period, I guess. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt, though, because we'll, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Even though this podcast will come out in February, uh, it will be early February, but we are recording this in January, so you still get a leeway. No, well, that's like, what you get yeah. for making fun of me. That's what you get. I'm not, like, I'm not making, listen, I didn't make fun of you at all. I'm trying to empower your ass. That's, that's how you know. That's how you know you truly are lost. That when somebody's trying to help find you, you take it. As someone making you the butt of the joke. Oh my goodness! She's trying to help you. You know the the, yeah. the favorite the favorite That's movie thing is <laughs> yeah. The favorite movie thing is 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 rough, man. I like it's like it's like saying what what was the what was the fav your favorite sandwich that you ever ate? You know, like <laughs> oh, you're yeah. you're always you're always eating better sandwiches. Like you're always not better, but just like good you as always, fuck. You right have then. to say that, dude. Yeah, huh? you're 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 um, not even to say that. You're, just just wait, Avery. You're gonna enjoy some of these questions later. Then, but I mean, <laughs> just the that's, beginning. Uh, that's a good example, though, because I mean, uh, we will go into the the third question, though. Um, that is also very difficult for a lot of people because uh, when it comes to movies or television or both, whichever mm-hmm. one you want to, how you want to answer. But what's your biggest guilty pleasure and why? Oh man, guilty pleasure. <sighs> you know, I read something one time where somebody was talking about. The idea of the guilty pleasure not being guilty. Uh, are y'all familiar? Is that does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and since then, I've really, <laughs> I've really just dove in on that idea. And I'm like, no, nah, nothing Which is I like. Not is, a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I get that because I'm unapologetic about mine. Right. Right. Uh, man, I'll because, say I mean, you, I'll say YouTube. I think YouTube. I don't know if that's okay. you know what I mean. Like I'll just like I'm okay with uh, like educational YouTube videos. Super weird, but I, okay. I, oh man, I think I kind of feel like you're using YouTube wrong if you're educating yourself with it. <laughs> well, it's on specific things like, um, uh, like I play a lot of chess, <laughs> so I watch a lot of nice, I watch, a, I watch a lot of chess videos or like, uh, uh, like piano. I, I, I play the piano every day, and so, like, you know, sometimes I'll like go to sleep listening to someone explaining like how to do something or like. I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff I could pick up on if I'm just kind of dozing off to it, oddly enough. But see, um, like, so your guilty pleasure is improving yourself <laughs> in your talents and abilities. I guess I don't know. But the thing is, like a lot of the shit that I look up. Are you are you single? Because because some of the ladies who are civil slayers might be looking for a guy just like you. <laughs> By no, that I he just, means uh, himself. You are you you are a rom com guy. You're like, oh, it's kind of silly, kind of stupid. You know, I just kind of do this thing in my spare time. <laughs> I don't really like to talk about it. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, well, you know, there's just this orphanage that I grew up on, so that I have to give all my my money to now. Every so Sunday, it's a charity thing. And I donate fifty percent of my checks, and every Sunday I I cook a a meal from scratch for for two hundred kids without families. Yeah. You know, it's just I know it's kind of weird, but you know, we we all have to do our part. Is that are you? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I, are we in a? I love? find dogs and cats that are on the street and find them homes every day. It's part of my yeah, I, repertoire. I, I actually build them out of cycle materials. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I think I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that's the closest thing I have to an answer for that because I, I like I said I don't watch a whole lot of TV honestly, and I don't in movies. Uh, um, if a movie is shitty, I'll turn it off a lot of times. I'll just stop, which is not good. I know. Um, but I just, 
man, I just, there's some standards. And I'm just like, no, nah, dude, you got to fucking hit this for me, for me personally. And I understand like as a business, why they would make them and who they're aiming at and yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah, so I, I don't watch a whole lot of TV and a lot of, a lot of times movies, the movies that I'll watch most times, I think I, I enjoy. Um, yeah. See, YouTube, you just random YouTube shit. I, I kind of wish I was like you when it comes to movies and stuff like that, because I can't <laughs> turn them up. off. Yeah. Or, well, it's a few things. Like I am very much a completionist. Like I've seen all the Transformers movies. Uh, we were, you know, just chit chatting a little bit before the podcast. And, you know, I mentioned I've seen all the Saw's movies. Um, not necessarily because I want to, it's just because I feel this unholy uh, compulsion to, uh, to watch them because they keep coming out. Um, but then like, <laughs> I also have this weird self-defense mechanism hmm. to where if I truly, I don't want to say hate a movie, but my big thing is if I don't like something like to where it doesn't even inspire like, like, like hate in me, like if it inspires nothing whatsoever in me, yeah. I fall asleep. And it's very instantaneous. I think I slept through all but four minutes of the movie March of the Penguins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like the movie started. And I think before the <laughs> beginning of the opening credits, I was asleep. And I think uh, I woke up, you know, maybe a minute or two before the end credits. Nice. It's my, my body's just in tune that way with movie runtimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And it's just, it's this weird self-defense mechanism. Like I've tried to watch the movie Golden Compass um, no less than 24 times. And I've never actually seen it the whole way through. <laughs> I think that? I've seen the whole movie. I think I've seen the whole movie in total. But every time I've tried to watch it, I fell asleep. What every is the Golden Compass? It, Nicole Kidman, Daniel Craig. Uh, it, it was based on a book series. It was supposed to be like the next Lord of the Rings, but, you know, towards young adults. Hmm. You know, there, I mean, it, it has everything I should want in it. There's like spirit animals and and polar bears wearing armor and <laughs> oh, all kinds yeah. of shit like that. Okay. And no, yeah. I just I fall asleep every fucking time without fail. Gotta do some drugs, man. Do some drugs and plow through that movie. I don't know. I still think I'd sleep. <laughs> I don't think I, I, that movie. I'm really surprised I haven't bought it yet because that would be a cure for my massive insomnia. Because yeah. I just, without fail, I've always fallen asleep in that movie. And I re yeah. that really should be the movie I have loaded up on my iPad at all times. Like, man, I'm tired, but I, I keep watching Law & Order. I really need to go to sleep. Let me just w start some Golden Compass and I'll just be knocked the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> I do that sometimes with history. Or like something like super complicated, like physics, a physics video. <laughs> like it works. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm in college again. I'm just, I'm out. Like, I mean, I understand that that's the beauty of YouTube, that you can, like, <laughs> learn or watch anything on it. But like I said, I still feel like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Just because when I'm on YouTube, I end up going down at terrible rabbit holes of videos. Yeah. Oh, I do like, that. There was, one I do time, that. <laughs> there was one time I spent probably no less than seven hours watching YouTube videos about different Illuminati conspiracies within the hip-hop uh, culture. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, it was to the point to where like the videos were starting to get like they started getting progressively longer the more I watched oh, like the God. first few were like two minutes three minutes by the end of it I'm watching shit that's like an hour and a half long like just of like a random dude made it he just threw it together yeah. and has a voiceover he's essentially he's just sitting there he's done talking. like it, it's it's pictures and it's a guy <laughs> talking and it's just cycling through pictures yeah and it's the length of a feature length film <laughs> uh, that's funny. oh boy and I'm just, I am all for it. I don't know what it is. That's, 
to me, that's the beauty of YouTube. Yeah. Is like when you were saying like a guilty pleasure YouTube, I was like, oh man, I want to know what kind of rabbit holes this guy goes down. And you're like <laughs> chess videos. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. There's a lot of lately, like I was saying earlier, uh, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of uh, War of the Roses. Like I'm I'm, and it's really weird because I can't find a whole lot of stuff like quality shit that that talks about the medieval times. You know, um, there's there's a few, but not as many as you'd think, you know, or maybe I'm just searching wrong. I don't know. But um, well, I'm going to tell you about something. If you really want to experience the medieval times, there's this restaurant chain <laughs> that takes you back. I've never been to the years of yonder. I've never been, man. Is it great? Is it like the, the shit? Um, they've got really good soup. OK, <laughs> that's what I have They're- to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit rabbit coyote soup i refuse I to go i don't know what that means but they've got really good soup they used to have they used to have what they called dragon tail soup and that was a chicken and barley they stopped doing that i don't know why because it was the best <laughs> damn chicken and barley soup you will ever have <laughs> and they've cool recently here. changed it to the dragon blood soup which it's a tomato bisque okay but it's a damn good tomato bisque yeah like if you ever, if anybody ever goes to medieval times with me, I'm going to give you a warning. Guard your soup, because if I notice that you're paying attention to the show and not watching your soup, you're grabbing that I'll soup. I'll steal it. Damn. Well, I don't care if I know you or not. You go get soft. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're in a row. You're in a row with random other people. I'll steal motherfucker soups. I don't care. Well, you're. I mean, it's fitting for the times, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm a. You know. I'm a beggar. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you ever play uh, Morrowind or uh, Skyrim? No, no, I never. Oh, I, I don't know what it is. I've never like played those things. I do have a running <laughs> thing though that I can't call it by the name you call it because when it's spelled, it's scrim. Scrim it's spelled scrim. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's what I call it. It's spelled scrim. It's spelled K Y R I M. That's not scrim. Is there a hyphen between the? Is there a hyphen between the Y and the R? No. Scrim. Yep. Scrim. 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 It's not scrim. It's just like it's <laughs> scry. I said, you're not scry, saying the I said. Why matters? Skyrim. Exactly. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. No, I'm talking about the sky, like a like a scythe or or scry. If you play Magic the Gathering, it's scrim. But uh, we do have we do have an unofficial fourth question, Avery. Okay. That one we are going to save for the end, though. Okay. And you will you will appreciate why we were laughing at you earlier. Uh, oh. With this fourth question, when we get to that, but um, we have been going for a damn long time, and I would be uh, very upset with myself if we did not talk about Rebel Without a Crew uh, with this, because I mean that is one thing that we uh, have very much enjoyed talking about with numerous, numerous people. Um, yeah. So, uh, like I said earlier, you were in Phaedra and you were in The Good Exorcist. Now, I do have to ask though, episode three of the TV series when they're doing the <laughs> casting call. Yeah. <laughs> so as an actor, what was it like to be in that room? It was fucking it was hundreds fu- of people. Yeah. It was fucking nuts, dude. It was it was a thing, you know, around here, um someone in my position, uh y- you got to look for a, a specific subset of things that are in projects, right? You got you, you're not in LA, you're not in New York, you're not in Atlanta right now. And you know, around here, you got to look for, for for projects that have something. They're not going to have all of them. They have all of them. The, the Transformers are like some huge thing, and you're they're going to cast their their talent out of L.A. 
Here you got to look for projects where people like there's enough money for it to be good and the people involved know what they're doing, you know, um, but just something's missing, like uh, some, you know, a name or, you know, a chance for somebody, you know, and they haven't, you know, they're not getting a couple million dollars or whatever. And so there's a lot of indie projects, all to say, a lot of indie projects. Those are those are really like the bread and butter. It's what you want. So kind of kind of what will get you to the next thing. Right. Um, so my agent sent me this thing and like a lot of afterwards, I talked to a lot of people that just didn't go. Because it was, it was kind of a cattle call. It was like, there was, uh, you know, just tons of people. You saw the thing. There's, there's hundreds of people there and you're just like, what the fuck? There's just like, you literally like the way it was described to me, it was like a networking thing. And I was like, oh, cool. I can, I can do that. Um, and yeah, so I, I got there though. And there's, you know, there's a line that's long, like super long. And there's people and more people and more people piling up. And, uh, it was nuts, man. It was a madhouse. It was a madhouse. And it was like, it was very, it was very, I mean, I remember like as soon as, so they, they had us all in this warehouse and then they were like, they came out and they were like, all right, guys, look, uh, and they told us some stuff about payments that we weren't supposed to share with the filmmakers because that's part of the process of making the film that they had to negotiate the price, yada, yada. Um, and so they said all this stuff, uh, and then they're like, okay, we're going to bring them out. So everybody's kind of like looking at this. It's just like all set up. Like, you know, it's like, it's all set up for this thing. And so they come out and all the cameras are there or whatever. And I remember Alejandro, like they, they, before that happened, I remember they divided us up into groups <laughs> of, like, of like kind of archetypes, you know, like, oh, y'all are kind of like dad types and you're kind of whatever. And, um, uh, so they come out and the, the camera's there and all this, it's all happening. And I remember Alejandro coming out and he's like, he comes over to the group that I was in. He's like, who wants to audition? And he fucking threw the stack of scripts down. And it was like, it was like a cartoon. Like it was just like a cloud of people just diving in, grabbing the scripts. And I was like, oh my God, like what, what am I doing? Like what? (laughs) I mean, I understood that the project it's, you know, it was, it was a non-union project. Yeah. It was was a non-union project. Like, it's it's gonna be cattle call cattle esque and this that and the other, but it was just the reality of it was just it was nutty, and um yeah so it was it was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't intimidating for me though like for me like a lot of times I I kind of base like how nervous I I like am on how nervous other people are, but like in a in a good way for myself like I'll I'll see somebody. If I could just see one person that's more nervous than me, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm solid. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Well, I've two of the been... films wanted you. So that probably says something about your talent. So, <laughs> yeah, I just so happened to at the time I had been like growing my hair out for whatever. reason. I was just like, you know what? It's been a while. And I had this this mustache and I have actually have one right now. But um <laughs> and I, I just, just because like for no reason at all. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it just because it's like different and whatever. And it just so happened to like, those are the things that like got both, both Scarlett and Josh's attention. You know, I think in the, in the first place to, to even like take a second look at me and like, give me a chance to, you know, actually have a, uh, a chance to talk and, and, you know, audition seriously or whatever. But so it was nuts. It was fucking nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) 
It was nuts though, man. It was, it really was crazy. Um, you know, there's people were, people were leaving like super, like, I mean, they would just like quit. And, um, I don't know. I've always, I've always done okay. in like crowds, I've always done like pretty good. Like I can, I feel more comfortable in a crowd with, than with like individuals a lot of times. It's really weird. But, um, and so that was the case in that. And of course. And- so did you guys, did you try out for each of the roles? I mean, was there a specific one you're like, this is the movie I want to do? Or you were just up for, I want to try any of these because they all sounded good. Oh yeah. I mean, at, before, uh, yeah. I mean, any of them, you know, there, the, cause it's like, you're trying to just get some work, you know? And the, when there's that right. many people there and they're all competing for the same roles and there's not many roles and you know, the, you don't really, you really know what the implications of the film are or the project at all. in, in general, and that's kind of a general thing too, but you know, you just, any of them, I mean, there was, you know, they, their intros were like three minutes. They like went up, they were like, Hey guys, I'm Josh. I'm doing like a horror comedy and it's going to be fun. All right. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then it was like the next person up. And then, so it wasn't like I could really get an understanding. I had done a little bit of reconnaissance and I saw uh, a couple of the short films that had kind of just through uh, people talking. I could, I, I, I found some of the films that got them mm. in the position that they were. And so I kind of understood the vision of a few of them. Of I saw, I saw uh, Alejandro's and I saw Josh's. Uh, I don't think I saw Bola's. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think I did it before. I've, I've seen some of work now, but um, so yeah. So, but no, there was no specific. I, I was like wanting to get anything. The first one I, I, um, I got one of the, <laughs> when Alejandro slammed those pages down, I happened to be right next to it. So I was able to get one and I got in line and he, <laughs> he didn't pick out. He was just like, anybody that grabs one, get in line. And so I was like, so like, okay. So there's like this giant line, nothing like any audition I've ever been on because you're, you go up and he's just like, all right, what's your name? And you say your name. He's like, okay. And you have like 30 seconds to read it, which cold reading is not uncommon, but it's pretty uncommon to have 150 people just staring at you. Other actors that are going for the same part that you're going for, watching right. what you're doing, watching just everything. You're so exposed. It's, it was so weird. Um, and so, yeah, I did his and I was like, and I didn't get a good vibe. I was like, ah, okay. You know? Um, and yeah, I ended up whenever, uh, Scarlett came up to me and asked me if I would Scarlett read came up Carlos. to me and asked if I could do a um, Colombian accent. And just I was like, kind of randomly, not randomly, but I was like, Colombian. Like I literally said just the word Colombian in <laughs> like what I thought was a Colombian accent. And she was like, okay, here, read for this. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I literally, I was sitting in line though. I got in line and it was just like this accent. I, I was trying to figure it out before I even got there. <laughs> and, um, uh yeah but um with josh's though so i i ended up doing that i ended up reading for scarlet and i i read with amon who got the lead part um or one of the lead parts and um and it was good it was it was fun it was funny like i i, I really enjoy like having a good time on auditions and um it was mm-hmm. you know i did that had a good time and then uh uh josh's like they had let out for lunch it was supposed to be like a scheduled thing where like like the te- the people that were like you know applying for the parts or whatever were gonna be there for like three hours, uh, four hours or something, and then that was gonna be the end of it. Well, three or four hours later, they're not even halfway you know done with their casting. So 
you know, a lot of people had left just because they were just, I don't know, either discouraged or they just had other stuff to do or whatever. Um, but I just stuck around and I just kind of like stuck it out, you know, stuck it out. You know, I was just kind of standing near them, just like, hey, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember Josh, I was, he was like talking to a group of people and I like kind of got in front of him and I like, I, he like made eye contact with him. <laughs> it's like, he was like, Hey man, he was like, I'm about to go to lunch. He was like, if you got to go, that's totally cool. But like, if you could stick around, like, that'd be cool if you could read for this. And I was like, yeah, no, for sure. And so it's funny. I ended up, um, have y'all seen the movie? We have. Yeah. It's awesome. Both of them are awesome. Thank you. So I ended up practicing with Allie actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, it was great. I mean, we sat there and went over it for like an hour before they got back, but, um, they got back and I, I don't think I even read for the thing. Oh, really? I think, like, they just I was said, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, That's practicing awesome. for it. I was practicing for it, practicing for it. And then he, he said something about like meeting up with them tomorrow, like the next day. And of course, you know, the, the show was shooting in such a way that everything was like super scheduled. And, um, so that wasn't really feasible. Uh, I, you know, in retrospect, looking back, that's, that was pretty obvious, but, um, but yeah, he was just like, nah, I, I think I want you to do this. And I was like, okay. Um, and then Scarlett had actually asked me to do hers. I think first, like they brought me over there. It was, it was super strange. The whole thing was, it was very different than, in, than any other <laughs> casting experience I've been a part of for sure. Hmm. Yeah. There's cameras. I mean, you know what I mean? Like everything, like the way that they had to ask, the way that they were asking the actors to do their thing, the way that everything was done in such a way that to show other people. So it wasn't, it wasn't entirely, you know, in its, in its purest form. It was just different. It was just a different, different way to, to do it. So, um, so Avery, uh, in your role in the good exorcist, um, it seemed very much like, I mean, subject matter is pretty heavy, but it's definitely in a horror, horror comedy, but you seem to be like more of the comic relief in the role. Um, when you read for that part, is that how you, is that how you saw it or how much of that was ad libbed? How did that really come apart? Because I just remember <laughs> you had office level awkwardness that was just amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, how much of that stuff was in the script and how much was it just Josh being like, ah, oh, we need you to do something and make this really yeah. uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of funny. I, like, I was just kind of saying, I, I didn't even read for the part. So like I talked to Josh for a second and, uh, uh I, I don't remember, you know, everything we talked about. I just remember him asking me to stick around while they went to lunch and I was like, oh yeah, I'm staying around. And they got back from lunch and, um, and then I got offered the other part and then I went over to him and I was like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, like they just offered me a part. So, uh, you know, if what well, just to let you know that, you know, before we read or whatever, like, I don't know how, what the rules are here, if they can, if you can cross, you know, cast people or whatever. And he just kind of was like, no, nah, I want you to play the part. And so he just gave me the part right there but I didn't, before I even read. So, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know why. Thank God he did. I, I, he's like, you know, a dear friend of mine now. So is Daniel. So is everybody on that, on that set, Brittany and Allie. And, but, I didn't read it before. And, and on set, it was just kind of, it was, it was really cool to, to work with him. Him and Scarlett both really, they, they really gave me a lot of freedom. 
Um, they mm. trusted my, my, my instincts. And that was, that was really nice. Um, cause you know, sometimes you don't, you don't work with people that don't, they, they stick to the script, which is totally cool too. Cause I mean, I, I get it. It's a very personal experience, you know, directing something and especially something of that nature where you're on TV and you're, you know, yada, yada. But, um, yeah, he gave me a lot of freedom and I just kind of went with my gut on a lot of it. And, uh, uh, luckily, um, Josh was very, very cool about like not being a stickler for words. Like he wasn't it, like, you didn't have to stick exactly to the thing. If you got the point across of what the character was saying, you could kind of just do whatever you want. So, yeah, I love that there were those moments in in the show and everything where you see <laughs> Josh is just like dying of laughter, like making this movie. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, so that's not what we were going for, but we're doing it now. Like it was just very much, he was like, this fits, this works and I want to use it. And I feel like he, he told us so many stories too about when you like just saying, you know, Avery was so good. Like he just did so many things that I just, I had to (laughs) use it. And it's, I think that it just helps so much when you have that dynamic with the people that you're working with to just be like, this is just fun. It doesn't feel like work because it's fun and we're just having a good time and I want to make it authentic to the people that are in it. And I think that's a really cool way to approach that filmmaking aspect of it, especially for indie films like that. And um, it just, it was just funny because I just, there were so many scenes where he's like, he's like, he is just, he was just talking about how you were doing your thing. And he was like, yeah, we're using all of it. All of it is being used and we're not taking out any of it. So I think that's like, that's a really, that's a, that's a really cool testament to, I guess, just your off the cuff talent, you know, that you have on that, but also just his direction, you know, and him oh, yeah. being like, be you, you know, like stick to the story, but be you with it because that's going to make it even better, which I think it totally did. Um, but I mean, was it like, would you say that it was less or more challenging to not to kind of just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I mean, did oh. you, I, I guess you said you liked having that freedom, but do you think that it, it was better to kind of be able to do that? Or would you have rather had like this script of, okay, this is what I need to be saying? Oh my God. I, it is immensely easier for me to just kind of <laughs> do my thing. Like for me, at least, you know, like I, especially like with like a comedic and a comedic role, man, it was just, it was Ugh, I can't tell you, Heather, how fun it was. Like Josh and Daniel, uh, Brittany and I, and I just clicked, like comedically clicked. Allie and mm-hmm. John too. Um, I just saw Josh and Daniel more and Brittany more, you know. Uh, but we just clicked. Like we, it was like I'd known them forever. Like it really was. And it was like, it was like, it was like we're friends, just really good friends. And you know how you are with friends. There's just things that you can like laugh at that you don't. Like other people just wouldn't really understand why you're laughing, but you get it. And it just happened to be in like a work environment. And they just happened to just let me have the freedom to do what I want. And they dug the stuff that I was doing. And so it it just made for a really it gelled. Um, yeah. Oh, it gelled really well. Yeah. It was freeing. It was very it was it was it was very nice. It was it was it was great. It was like amazing. <laughs> Honestly, if you didn't know that you guys didn't know each other beforehand, you would think that all three of you, like you and Daniel and Josh, were just BFFs before. Yeah. You know, you just feel yeah. like you had that you had that relationship, which is completely what makes the movie work as well as it does, because I I loved 
I loved The Good Exorcist. I think it was an amazingly well done movie. And um, so I just I loved just all those little dynamics. And then when you see from the show, sort of, you know, him talking about how certain scenes were done and what was done in them and all of that. And then you see how the movie comes together. You're just like, yeah, that totally makes sense. I totally get why you <laughs> used that even when you weren't going to. So it was really cool to see it all like come together and the final result and be like, yeah, that makes sense why you did that. So it yeah, was really cool. I totally, yeah, I totally, I, I agree. I mean, cause like I was saying earlier, like not everybody's like, that. you know, not everybody is willing to just let you go off the cuff. And then and when you go off the cuff, they just love it. Like, it's just like, right. You know, it just <laughs> you're works. like everything you did, it's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, they were, it was like a dream come true. I no bullshit. That's, I know that sounds corny, but it was just like, it was so, and like, honestly, like the whole experience was, was really great. Um, and it's good for the resume and all, but like that, the, the most value I've gotten out of that are the relationships that 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 thing um, mm. created. Really, Josh and Daniel and Brittany. It's like they're. I just yeah. It's it, it feels like I've known them forever. It really does. They're like family to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Now um, I'm going to change the subject just a little bit off of Rebel without a crew mm-hmm. because I I was going through your uh, IMDb before <laughs> and. The thing that caught my eye okay. was that you were in a short called Mel Kiper, No <laughs> Limits. Yeah. <laughs> I actually... And you played Mel Kiper Jr. I did, yes. Which, for anybody who doesn't know, Mel Kiper Jr. is one of the uh, leading uh, NFL draft <laughs> analysts in the world. Um, specifically, he is on ESPN. Um, I mean, he is he's known for his hair. Um, and just his, his ability to, uh, break down draft prospects. And, uh, I just have to ask what the fuck is that about? Cause, and, uh, where can I find it? Cause I definitely need to see that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out, man. It's on YouTube. Uh, Mel Kiper, no limit. Mel Kiper colon, no limits. I think. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, my friend Carl, uh, came up with that script. Um, uh, him and another good friend of mine and Alex, uh, they do a lot of work together. They, I've known Alex since uh, middle school, long time friends. Um, and, uh, they, they make a lot of stuff. Um, that was the first project that I, when Carl had moved to Austin, um, that they made and, uh, yeah. And they're, they're big sports fans. I honestly like had no idea who he was until, um, uh, they gave me the script and I kind of had to look him up and had to learn how he talked and like, you know, how he was as a person. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just like, I think, you know, we were just trying to make a thing of like how crazy he is, like how the joke is, how, like how intense he is about the facts that he has and like the extent that he'll go to, to get those facts. Um, he's just obsessed, I guess. And yeah. Spoop on that. Yeah. The, on the IMDb, they have one quote, and it's from you as Mel Kiper Jr. saying, uh, the Cowboys have a mid-first round pick, <laughs> and Jerry Jones historically targets guys with domestic abuse edge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, 
Well, you know, granted, yes, that is nothing Mel Kuyper would actually say. Um, but when I read that quote, <sighs> it's it's very much something I could hear. Like I could hear that in his voice. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very much written. It's very much written in a way that he would say something in his draft analyses. Yeah. Like whenever he would break down prospects, that's exactly how he would word things to break them down. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> it's it's very interesting. Now I do have to ask though: Can you still like like since you did play him? Like, do you still have his voice in you? Like, uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I God, dude, I I feel like I, for a long time I had that that very first monologue just drilled in my head. I couldn't. I don't think I repeat it right now. But yeah, Bell uh, Kuiper coming out ninety yards, going out, fine on the field. Catching balls, something. That's, that's a damn good Mel Kuyper. That's a damn good Mel Kuyper. Oh my god, yeah that that first monologue in the first, yeah go check it out, man. It's it's on YouTube. It's 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 fun. It's a good time. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. No, I am seriously, I am seriously impressed with your Mel Kuyper Jr. Oh, thanks, man. That's who's that who's, was damn good. Who's the comedian? He dude, he's like a like phenomenal. Uh, uh, Frank Kelly and Yes, his is ridiculous, dude. He had a show. ESPN hired him to to do him, uh, to play him, like as like on staff or something. He, well, uh, Frank Caliendo, I know he was on Fox for a while. Mm. Um, I think he might have jumped to ESPN, but yeah, he was just do impressions of everybody during the pregame stuff on Sundays. <laughs> you know, he would do his, he would do his John Madden's all those things. I think I think Rob Riggle is on Fox now. And I think Frank Caliendo went to ESPN could be a while. I don't watch much of the pregame anymore. I kind of just like starting with my games, but it's yeah, no, uh, Frank Caliendo does do a great uh, Mel Kuyper also. I mean, but that is also his job, right? Is to just, you know, constantly, uh, you know, he is a professional impressionist, right? But yeah, you know, doing that project was, it was funny because I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't watch a lot of sports, um, and so I, I, I know that everybody does like, and so I figured like, I don't know if it did well, it was going to do really, really well. It did okay. It got like 50,000 views or something on uh, something like that. Um, but, uh, not as many people watch sports as I thought. I really, I, I was convinced that like a mass majority of the population watches sports. And like, I was surprised at how many people did not know who that was or like, you know, what was, what that world was like. I mean, well, it's outside of college football in the NFL and outside of watching ESPN specifically, I could see some people not knowing who he is. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because you have to watch. I mean, it's he is only on ESPN. So it's one of those things like if you're watching the draft on ESPN, you're hearing his breakdowns all the time. Yeah. I mean, I just it's. I consume a shit ton of sports on a constant basis, so oh, you'll love it, dude. Yeah, you, like, you, you're you're the target demographic for that video, for that film. See, see, Heather, that's, that's the what way. It is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, made for people not like. Well, I'm just a stupid fucking man, so I'm gonna like it because of sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love sports. That doesn't mean I liked any given Sunday. You didn't like it, no what it's it probably is the most accurate (laughs) movie when it comes to portraying like with the aspects of some of the how crazy nfl players or just people in general can Mm. be outside you know in the spotlight outside of their you know professional uh the professional profession what the fuck am i saying um (laughs) yeah that their professional pursuits uh but 
Yeah, but the, the actual football part of it is just straight garbage. Ah, uh, gotcha. I, and then, it, uh, yeah, then there's the whole Willie Bean thing. Yeah, it's just the, the like making the music videos and stuff. I know there was a big thing back in the day that a lot of athletes did that, but you know, that was a little too far. Yeah. It's been a while. I, I got burned out because of Shaq. Oh yeah. I need to, I need to revisit any given Sunday. Give it another, give another viewing. It's, oh, <laughs> I would say you should, but I, that's very hard for me to do. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see some stuff with some good football in it, that's still very much cinematic football. Cause let's be real people. Football and movies and TV shows is not what football looks like at all. No. Like, because <laughs> I have yet to see anything portrayed on the screen when they do football where there's not a clothesline. <laughs> they always do a clothesline in, in, in TV or movie football. And I think I've seen maybe three clotheslines ever watching football. It's because, I mean, these are fucking athletes. You can't stop them with an arm like that. You'll just, you'll just break your own arm. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, and that's neither here nor there. We are getting a little off topic with, you know, the sports breakdown with Avery and Sterling. But <laughs> I mean, we let's uh, we can move on. I just I had to ask about that. I mean, we can go back to Rebel now. It's just I saw that and I'm like, dude, I, I think what the fuck is that? Yeah, I, th- I really think you'd like it. It's uh, it's fun. I mean, I watch it. I'm like, it's so goofy. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, you know, it's same kind of deal. It's just like doing making movies with friends kind of deal and um yeah i think you'll like it oh i'm definitely gonna find it now now that i know it's on the the internet's like that mm-hmm. i'm gonna find it's, it it's just out there just out and about heather Devin. go ahead Devin. well to be honest i don't have like a lot of rebel questions to be honest with you because i mean there's just there's so much that we've talked about rebel and so you know me myself you know i just like to get to know Actually, the only other Rebel question I have is like, did the actors get paid for Rebel? Like, did in that $7,000, did they pay their actors out? Was that something you guys did pro bono? That's like the only question I don't think I've I've ever had answered because we've done so many of these. I was like, what's a question I haven't answered asked before? So did you get paid? Open that motherfucker. Dude, to be (laughs) honest, I don't know how much I can talk about. You know, there's some things I don't know um how much i can talk uh about them like um, what's public knowledge and whatever yeah i mean like we ha- we had to sign you know of course like these giant ndas uh for the projects and for the project of rebel without a crew you know uh, which is a separate entity but uh you know and at the time i could tell you that Wait, i don't know i don't know i don't want you to compromise yourself at all so don't say anything yeah, yeah. I, I don't compromise yourself at all i wouldn't want you to do that um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a way I can, I can tell you some information without saying My decisions are tingling, and you've told me enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I will say that um, they they didn't they didn't want us knowing like a communication that we had with the studio specifically. They didn't want the filmmakers to know the communication between the actors and the studio. Okay, because the part of the process of making a film is to negotiate mm, your price, okay. you know? And so that was kind of part of the deal. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wish, I wish Josh was here on the, on the thing with me. Cause he, he's, he's great about <laughs> how he knowing says things. What he can talk. <laughs> yeah. How he says things. <laughs> no, uh, understandable. Verbalist, if you will. <laughs> yes, that's right. So I'm curious, like going back to, you know, how you, you were on two separate movies that they did. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what were your days like? I mean, especially going between 
two movie sets playing two characters within the same amount of time. What were what were your days like? I mean, was it just nonstop insanity? Did you get any kind of a break at all? Like what was your what were your days like pretty much? Well, so uh, on Josh's project on, on The Good Exorcist, I was uh, I had a bigger role, you know, and so the rules that were kind of set forth dictated that, you know, they had to abide by the rules um, that Robert Rodriguez had kind of done in his mm-hmm. original in El Mar- Mariachi. Uh, and so the so part of it was that the cast had to be the crew and specifically that you couldn't be uh, on set if you weren't shooting a scene that day. And so you had okay. to be you had to be shooting, you know, something, anything to be able to help with the rest of whatever was going on. Um, that being said, uh, my my part with uh, uh, Phaedra, Carlos, I had one day, you know, and so it was it wasn't I, I there wasn't a whole lot that I was, you know, I, I went and helped out with uh, the sound. Uh, later on that the day that we shot the, the pool scene, it was just like the pool scene. That was kind of it um, uh, for my part in, in Phaedra. And so it was just a day. And okay. um, yeah. And so, I, you know, every day that I, I was working, I was like, there as much as possible just because I love it. I love this shit. That's why I do it. Um, and it's fun. It's just it's fun and it's productive and it's and it's bonding and it's whatever and so uh, you know any time that i could be on set i was there as long as possible there were several days when uh, uh uh i spent the night over on that ranch that we filmed at um daniel Brittany, and i all did for a couple nights it was badass man it was like it was like summer camp it was just like hanging out that's cool yeah it was really cool um but so while while we were shooting uh it was nuts it was just like you know because i had a much bigger role um i was on for a lot more days and daniel stayed over at my house for a couple of days and uh just because logistically it worked out with the ride and everything and uh it was just nonstop. like when i was when i was working there was a few days that i was off uh in the two weeks that they had to shoot the thing there was like i don't know four or five days that i was off um Mm. I was chilling, I wouldn't do anything. But when that when I was on, it was just like all day, every day. Just like every ounce of energy you have, like physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, it was just it was a lot. It was awesome, but it was a lot. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, like at, like the rules were that, you know, you had to be a cast member to be a crew member. And so, you know, when you when you aren't shooting something, you're in costume, you know, you're in wardrobe just messing with lights and messing with every other little aspect, the sound. I did a lot of sound stuff. Um, yeah, just nonstop. That's, that's really the best way I can explain it. It was, it was nonstop. So I think this is a very good time for me to go into the unofficial fourth question of our game that we mm. do always ask later. Mm. Now, this was inspired by one of my favorite movies of all time, the movie Chef. Oh. The chef, the movie Chef does multiple things for me. And I, I did mention this, you know, before another podcast and, you know, when we did our own version of the game and stuff like that. But with the movie Chef, it did inspire this question. And that is, what's your favorite sandwich? Oh, man. I mean, with this, we are going for like a specific type per se. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but if you wanted, I mean, if you do have one where it's like a specific restaurant, right? I mean, that's cool too. But it's just you know funny because you were at, you know mentioning earlier like it's just like asking somebody what their favorite sandwich is, <laughs> and uh, yes, well, that is my unofficial fourth question. Because I'll I'll give you an example. Mine <laughs> mine is the Cubano. Okay, fair. I think I think the Cubano is the perfect sandwich with sauce, or I mean, no, it just has mustard on it. Oh, okay. Uh, if, if they put something else on it, that's that's garbage and heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Very okay. serious about the sandwich thing. I mean, I say that I've seen there are versions of it do, that do have mayonnaise on it, and that's fine. But traditionally, it's it's just mustard. It's one schmear of yeah. mustard. Got it. That's the proper <laughs> Cubano. Yes, got it. And I am nothing but a stickler for the strict rules of a Cubano. Um, there is a version of it that's <laughs> spicy. That's called that's a Tampa Bay Cubano. But that's neither here nor there. Hmm. Um, but yes, like well, that's just an example, though. That's that's what mine is. First, let me ask you. Let me ask y'all. What what's the difference between a metaphor and an an analogy? Hmm. Man, we talk about movies. I don't know this grammar <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> I think a meta a metaphor isn't that doesn't that have the or is that is a simile? It's the like like and as, as right. So it's a simile. Yeah, so I think like a like, metaphor, I think it's just analogies, analogies yeah, are thing. most of the time yeah. comparative. So so like I say, like when you say if 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 you don't drink a beer, that's like eating half a donut. Like why would you do that? And nobody's gonna drink half a beer. It just doesn't make any sense. But a metaphor is just like you are the half drinking beer at the party that someone forgot. So uh so that's <laughs> okay. not so your comments about it's like asking a favorite sandwich an would be analogy. an analogy. Yes. So there you yes. go. I'll explain that. Yes, exactly. I okay. An, an analogy, according a uh, metaphor using an analogy. So <laughs> according <laughs> yeah. according to the internet, an analogy is comparable to a metaphor and simile in that it shows how two different things are similar, but it's a bit more complex. Rather than a figure of speech, an analogy is more of a log a more of a logical Ooh. argument. Hmm. Okay, so okay, so what I was saying earlier was an analogy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, uh, every time you have a sandwich, it's a different experience, right? It's a completely different experience. You're in a different place <laughs> and time that you were whenever you had the last best sandwich that you ever had. And you know, I I used to eat a lot of peanut butter and jellies, and that's I, I thought about that before. That's when I thought about it. I was like, man, I mean, these are like amazing because I'm like starving when I, you know, when I have one of these <laughs> things. And every time I eat them, I'm like, this is the best fucking sandwich I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean, though? Does that does that really mean like this is the best sandwich? And I came to the conclusion that like, yeah, I mean, like until since the last sandwich, this is the best sandwich that I've ever had in my life. And the same thing. <laughs> I feel about movies. It's like you're constantly, they're constantly coming out and they're constantly being, you know, you know, of course there will be blood will forever ring for me. Uh, true. But with that being said, best sandwich, I don't know. Um, I think, I think um, I've had a pretty wicked chicken cordon bleu uh, at this restaurant in mm. Corpus Christi. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, honestly, I think that like a lot of, a lot of times when you're judging food, you're 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 judging it at different hunger levels, you know? When you're hungry, everything is hunger good. Is it doesn't matter what be eaten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I, 
don't know. I'll say hey, a chicken cordon bleu. You better stop fucking because... stalling. Don't fuck you. Fucking you pick one. <laughs> Indecisive. Right. Oh, that, 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 that was the most existential. Are the most existential answer to that question we've ever got? Well, a sandwich is a flash circle. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> oh man i don't yeah <laughs> i just happen to have thought about sandwiches a lot a sandwich a uh, i mean real philosophical is a flat square you think about it <laughs> i mean that was that that really did go to levels that i never expected that question to ever go to that's yeah. amazing i mean that question was formulated because i was watching chef and i was like man i love a cuban the best sandwich ever and i was like man i wonder what other people's favorite sandwiches are and i just uh, wanted an excuse to bring up chef and cuban sandwiches every time we had a guest and so Avery like, right, had to get all do that. philosophical on us with his deep profound answer about sandwiches because he was saying all that and i'm like nah man a cuban's just good all the time that's all i was thinking i was like there's man, never a wrong time for a cuban where you live what Living uh, I live in Austin. Okay. Right now. You smoke marijuana because you really seem like a person who would smoke marijuana because that sandwich, that sandwich tangent. Like, <laughs> no, it's just like, what I mean, you're dude, like, you uh, definitely, I, you definitely I, don't have to answer that if you don't want to. <laughs> I've been thinking like that <laughs> since I can remember, dude. I, my mind's fucked <laughs> up. I, like, there's never, there's never <laughs> an answer. Listen, Always well, listen, like, here, but check why? This out. like the, the this weed that you're smoking right now. <laughs> Like you say, I've never been this high before, but that's only because you're this high right now. You can't be as high as you See? were the last time because this is a different kind. Every bud that you smoke is just a, it's a whole different experience. <laughs> Dude, it's not, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's funny. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that was that was way not what I was expecting. Well, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's, I got, but, I, but that's the good thing about it is there is no wrong answer to that. Now, I do have kind of a follow up that is a slight tangential uh, tangential uh, question to what uh, Devin just asked you. Mm-hmm. And since you said you lived in Austin, Texas, I do have to ask. I do ask everybody that I know that has been to the state of Texas. When was the last time you ate whatever? Oh God. Uh... Last week, actually, I had a excellent uh, answer. <laughs> Do y'all, y'all love Whataburger? Love Whataburger. Yeah. Um, it, to put sponsor? that into perspective. No, I wish. Oh, dear God. Um, I mean, to put into perspective my love for Whataburger, I am drinking iced tea out of a uh, Whataburger Yeti. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a thing? Yes. yes, I have a Yeti that is designed <laughs> a like a Whataburger cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah. it's a Yeti. Um, and like I went, I went to Texas in, uh, uh, early November. I, I hadn't been there in a, a few years and I went there. And, uh, so I was there for, I think six days and I ate Whataburger, I think six or seven times, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good I'm, average, I'm kind of I would say. I, I am going to get a Whataburger <laughs> tattoo at some point. Dang, you should. It's still, it's, it's still niche enough, you know? It's not like a, a massive, it's not like getting like a water or like a, a McDonald's tattoo. Although I have, I, I have a corporate emblem Ooh, on my body. Which so one? I can't say much anyways. Which one? Yeah. Please say oh, it. Dude. I have. Confess. You got to say it now. <laughs> Confess your sins. I, I have 
I have a, a Hawaiian Islands <laughs> creations tattoo on my back. Very, very, very <laughs> shameful. Not, not, not in the. Uh, right um, no, no, no. It's oh. it's on my shoulder. Not. It's not. It's not shameful in that of what it is of like as it's Hawaiian, but it's that you didn't shameful in that I got it when I was like that you didn't get paid to get it. Huh? That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah continually uh i got it when i was 18 and like you know the, i was really, i like surf culture meant a bunch to me and it still does but like surf culture is very much a culture of respect and like getting a logo tattooed on your body isn't the the most um the apex of respect <laughs> you will <laughs> So, but well, whatever. It's all good. I don't. I don't know how to take that. I've. I've actually well, got a couple of logos tattooed on me. Oh yeah. I mean, that. I think. I think again specifically about like the the culture of which you know of the it thing was I for... got tattooed on me. Yeah, exactly. Like I went to Hawaii and I went out surfing and I was like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked for sure. Like somebody's gonna whatever. And so I like wore. I wore like a shirt a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pretty lame, but it's all good. What logos do you have tattooed? I, I, I have, uh, I have the Tennessee Titans logo, my favorite football team. I have that on my chest. Oh man. And, uh, I've actually got the Mortal Kombat logo on one of my shoulder blades. Dude, that's totally, that's, those are very exciting. And you know, it's funny, like, it's funny looking at, at the, the, like talking about this topic on a more objective point of view, because like when I look at myself, of course, I'm like way harder and I'm like, ah, I don't respect her. But like when I hear you say that, like Mortal Kombat, that's that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a very legit. personal thing. It is. It is. It's like, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. You know what I mean? And adulthoods, whatever. Um, I don't know. It means something to you. That's what's important. Fucking first of all. So they did. Yeah, exactly. Several times, in fact, several times. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, but I, I am going to get the Whataburger tattoo Please, uh, at some point. I'm going to get the W. Oh. Well, I can't, I can't do a tram stamp because I can't do a tram stamp because that would actually get oh, too close to my rent tattoo. You're what? Um, so no, it's going to go. Yeah, I, I've got a line from the yeah. musical Rent tattooed on my lower back. Um, yeah. What, what's, li- uh, what's the no, line? No, the what? Um, the line is from the song "Goodbye Love," uh, which is not in the movie. What does it say? Okay. Um, it's that what does it say for the people do who I, don't know that well it, i was that's what i was setting up i was just saying you can't base it off the movie because the only the first half of the song is in it the part where my the the line is not in it is what's not in the movie but it, it just says uh goodbye love um uh goodbye just came to say goodbye love goodbye hmm. um it's 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 my favorite uh line in that song that's cool and uh and in the entire musical, because I, I am a huge Rent fanatic. We won't get into the Rent live show on Fox because uh, I didn't get to watch it live, but I watched it afterwards. And uh, yeah, I have some issues with that fucker. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there on that one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no, no. The Whataburger one's going to go up on my neck uh, behind my ear, my right ear. Oh, that's great. How big is it going to be? Um, as big as they need it to be to get those lines in it, because they're they're very thin <laughs> lines. So yeah. uh, typically, I mean, with stuff like that, I always leave it up to uh, the tattoo artist, because if they say it needs to be X big to get it to where it'll look right, I go, cool, do it that big. <laughs> so dedication. Who knows? It might be actually a very big part of my neck. 
when it's all said and done. And that's fine. My job doesn't care. So <laughs> I can do things like that. Hell yeah, dude. I support you. I do what I can. Plus, I, I really want to rep the, the, the Whataburger life. You know, <laughs> I might, you know, it's, I'm yeah. bald. So, hmm. you know, that's, I don't have hair to cover that up at any point. You can very much see that at all, at all times. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not right now so much because it is, you know, uh, stupid cold right now in the, the greater Chicagoland area. So I, I am typically wearing hats. So my, you know, head doesn't die and get, you know, frostbite. But outside of that, I don't typically wear hats in the summer or anything. So it'll, it'll be very visible. You should make it like four inches, like get it real, real loud and proud, you know, Texas style. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Well, see, I can't, I, I can't really do Texas style because me and the state of Texas never got along mm. uh, other than Kelly Clarkson and uh, Whataburger. And, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> So that you know, that's why I I, I left Texas because uh, Kelly Clarkson left. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Mm. Um, that's fair. Yeah. But, you know, I I just <laughs> I love fair. Chicago. I'm here. Um, yeah. I want to go. I've never been. Uh, well, to I guess three things. Three things. I mean, I did. I don't want to say anything bad because it's also Shiner Bach. I do love my Shiner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can get that up here, so I don't care. Okay. What, what, um, what are the other two? <laughs> you had the three things. Well, no, then it's it's, uh, it's 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 Shiner Kelly and Whataburger. Are the only uh, things okay. I miss about the state of Texas, yeah. sure, family, whatever. You know, I miss them too, but that's whatever. But mainly, <laughs> it's <laughs> mainly Kelly Clarkson <laughs> and Whataburger. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a fiend. They're pretty equal. Have we ever what, Avery? Have you had Josh on your podcast? Yeah, if you did, yes, we have. Yeah, you did some fucking awesome, research right? every once in a while. Here we all been fucking asking, <laughs> after like the, like, like the goddamn. I, mean, I can't even think who stalks people. Like the goddamn Batman with you, <laughs> and then we come. Have you even heard our voices before? I don't even know the fuck you guys really are. To be honest with you, that's that's what we get. That's what we get. <laughs> you know, I I, yeah. I feel like you I said that a lot. That no, we've had not working on me anymore. <laughs> You're losing your dreaminess. I'm gonna have to look at some more. I'm gonna have to look at that picture that's full of the just, mustache and the eyes, so I can fall in love with that person I fell in love with on the oh, Exorcist again. Now, yeah. but the eyes that you, you mean, yeah, you mean you're, talking, you're talking about my headshot. That's a good one. Right now, right? <laughs> no, that's I think, fucking I think funny, it's man. A great headshot yeah, thank it, you. It, because in that picture of all of yours, I feel like you can feel your personality. Like all the other pictures, I feel that you're like, all right, man. I guess I'm handsome, so I've I got to do some handsome shit. Like look over there, <laughs> you know, what do handsome guys <laughs> look over there? You know, yeah. <laughs> so 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 with that one, you can really see your personality, no. and, I, and I think that's a great headshot of you. I really do. For all for all aspiring actors out there, I well. So I, I, I enjoy photography and I have a pretty good camera and I, I literally like, this is my, I've done this for the last like two or three headshots. I will take a friend of mine that's like kind of trying to get new headshots or starting or whatever, or whatever else. And I'll take them out to like a couple spots and I'll just, I'll take their pictures and I'll teach them how to use the camera real quick. (laughs) And then I'll just take my shot and then boom, like my buddy took that one. Yeah, it it was just like real quick and real like there was no money. It was like you know headshots are fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. I, thanks. To answer your question, they re, uh, we 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 have interviewed all the directors. Um, we have seen all the films too, and and all the episodes of the show. And uh, we've also talked to uh, uh some more of the actors, and we've also talked to Ryan uh, Crow. Yeah, Ryan Crow's so. great, man. 
Uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're very much in the thick of things of us interviewing people. But who are some of the who are some of the the actors that you remember that you like notably that like stick out? You remember interviewing um, Jamie from Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie's um, cool. Kenneth from Monday. <laughs> I didn't get to know him too well. Seemed cool. He's he's a really nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. We interviewed Phaedra herself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sarah. Sarah Burkett. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and we we also did interview Daniel. Mm-hmm. We interviewed yeah, Daniel. Daniel's so funny, man. God he's great. It. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so great. fucking funny. And then Him Bola, and who Bola. technically was the, you know, in her own movie. So we interviewed Bola as well. Yeah. She's yeah. She's an actress. She's an actor. An actor. An actor. Yes. Yeah. I went to high school with Bola. So we go back. It's cool. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We That's were really on cool. dance team together. So we're buddies. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, she's doing some cool shit. She's really mm-hmm. cool. I, I like Paul a lot. But yeah, we've uh yeah, we've we've definitely been uh doing a lot with uh Rebel and everything. And that's one reason why we do appreciate you coming on and uh doing mm-hmm. all this with us. Do you have anything upcoming or anything like that you, that you would like to promote or your social media, anything like that that you just want to get out there for anybody to find you or to see you or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I there's some projects that are um, you know, I've heard through the grapevine of like what, what they're going to be doing and, and stuff. I, I, again, I don't know how much I can talk about what, what, um, little series I did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, how much I can talk. I don't know what I can say and what I can't, honestly. Um, yeah, but I'm, but we I'm, will I'm, be I'm, seeing you in upcoming stuff. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That just, you make it sound like you're going to be in a couple of Marvel movies coming up. <laughs> no, not like that. I don't oh, know man. what I can it's, and can't say. <laughs> well, it's, it's just Marvel every- or Star Wars. <laughs> right. It's a star, it's a star war. Pretty much. No, I mean, it's just, you sign NDAs for everything and you know, there's like, I don't, I don't have like a personal lawyer. So it's not, you know, my agent is like, you know, he's the one that kind of covers that stuff. And so I don't really, I'm not, I'm not to date on exactly what I can say and what I can't. So I just don't, I don't know. Um, I just got stuff, you know, um, I, I, I've done, Oh my God, I've done, I've done a few things since then. I've done, I've done, um, uh, a, a handful of commercials. I've done short films. I've done, you apparently worked <laughs> with Dina Meyer, which you were telling us about a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was, that was, that was in 2014 though. That was 2015, something like that. That was funny. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Liam Neeson, and I was looking up. Oh uh, God, damn it! What's his name? Uh, I had his name remembered, but he was in he was in Starship Starship Troopers as well. Uh, fuck, talking about the main guy? No, Michael Ironside. No, 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 not the main guy. Um, Sterling would the, know this probably. So, <laughs> well, that was Casper Van Diem was the main guy. Um, but were you talking about the uh, scruffy teacher that later uh, becomes the colonel? And that would that would be Mark, Michael Ironside. Um, no, hold on one second. Let me let me get this up. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the correlation. Patrick Muldoon. Patrick. Muldoon. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. He was a dog walker's Christmas. He was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. He was Xander, right? In Starship Troopers, Xander. If I'm thinking right. Yeah, I think uh, so. He was the pilot, also the the football star. You know, he was on the high school football team, looking like he was 39. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so you uh, worked with these starship troopers peoples that's cool yeah uh, yeah a dog walker's christmas tale that's like a it's like a it's like a it's like a hallmark type movie it's like it's like a romantic 
comedy family dog Christmas movie. <laughs> What's your role and in it? So I play an asshole. So what boyfriend. you're saying is I need to go watch it because it's got some Starship Trooper people. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, I played an I played an asshole boyfriend though. Okay. Yeah. I feel like um, I need to find this on Netflix or something and like just check it out. It's been on there for you know, quite I'm a while. Girl, I'm the demographic that they're going for, you know. So that's right. Target demographic. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. But but one thing I will do though is I in the show notes of this episode, I will put a link to the YouTube video of the Mel Kuiper uh, <laughs> short. Because I did find it. Um, if you're just searching for it on uh, YouTube, it's the unbelievable Mel Kiper Jr. documentary on 2018 NFL Draft. <laughs> it's Dream Shake Productions. Yeah, Dream Shake Productions. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I did find that. And I will include the link to that uh, for anybody else to uh, figure out what we were talking about. Um, and I will definitely be watching this as soon as we're uh, we're done recording. <laughs> um <laughs> But other than that, Avery, we do appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us and everything. Um, and everybody else, we do thank you for listening. Uh, you can check us out www.cinemaslayers.com. Uh, listen to this podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Like I've said before, if you're listening to this on iTunes and you'd rather listen to it on Spotify, guess what? We are on Spotify. If you want to buy merch or anything like that with our really awesome logo, uh, you can check out our Threadless store. We've got a link to that on our website you can also check us out on facebook and twitter and instagram we are cinema slayers on most of those and twitter is cinema underscore slayers just because someone else had cinema slayers those assholes and <laughs> like we have mentioned before take our survey real quick it's two minutes of your time we just want to get some information from you so we can make this show better for you because that's all we want to do is be better for you that was a really weird rhyming scheme and i don't know how i pulled it off and i'll probably never do it again thank you guys for listening bye Hey, this has been super fun. Thanks so much for having me on, y'all. I really appreciate it. Hopefully I can come back sometime. Mm-hmm.